For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Thank you for joining another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today was in pro wrestling for many years. He won numerous tag team titles with legends like Buddy Rose and Roddy Piper. He has also won numerous singles titles such as the NWA Central States title, NWA Pacific North West heavyweight title, and the U.S. Heavyweight title, just to name a few. He is best known for competing in the Pacific Northwest, UWF, and AWA. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome Colonel De Beers. Colonel, thank you for coming on Bumps and Thumps. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on here today. Um, uh, I'm kind of starstruck, to be honest with you. So um, I want to talk about first, if we can. Uh, Growing up, I understand you're from uh, you're from St. Joe, Missouri. Is that correct? Ah, uh, yes, I am. Yeah, born and raised in St. Joe. Okay, can we uh, talk a little bit about your childhood uh, growing up there and in your, some of your school? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just a normal kid going to Blair Elementary School. Uh, my parents were, uh, I'm gonna say, middle class. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't we weren't rich. We weren't poor. We were just had plenty to eat, but uh, you know, didn't always get everything we wanted. Um, I was always involved in sports of some kind. Okay. What was your uh, most? What'd you like the most in sports when you were in school? Uh probably football. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I I played basketball until the my high school coach told me uh, you need to concentrate on football. Okay. So in other words, you're cut from basketball. <laughs> the basketball team. All right. Did so you... that, was, that was a nice way of him to say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, after you graduated high school, did you uh, go to college or anything or? I did. I uh, I went to uh, Warsburg University my freshman year, mm-hmm. and then I uh, I transferred to Northwest Missouri State University. Okay. In in Maryville. Okay. So that's that's where I graduated from, and okay. I uh, I lettered there three years in in football and one year in track. Ah, track. What'd you do in track? I was a shot putter. Okay. Yeah, you're a big guy, so. I figured that's, but you never know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, getting started in pro wrestling, I understand uh, you were trained by Harley Race and Lord Littlebrook. 
Is that correct? That's that's very close. Yeah, and uh, and I I worked out a lot with a, a female wrestler. Mm-hmm. And be darned if I can uh, think of her name right now. But anyway, she was uh, an independent. She didn't she didn't and wouldn't work for Moolah ever. Oh yeah, I've so, I've heard some horror stories about. Uh, oh, they, they were horrible horror stories about that woman and the way she abused those poor women. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, what was your training like with with working with Harley and uh, and uh, Lord Littlebird? I mean, even how did you even get interested in that? Because you were in football, so I'm kind of curious on how you got into wrestling. Well, because I was playing football, I got a lot of local press. Mm-hmm. And uh, this old promoter named Gus Karras mm-hmm. uh, called me and he said, stop by the office. I want to talk to you about wrestling. And I said, well, you know, I'm really not too interested <laughs> uh, at the at the time. And yeah. uh, so I, I graduated. I uh didn't have a a career after that mm-hmm. even though some people you know pushed that but uh anyway so i went i started teaching school and i said man this is not my life yeah and i went back to the old promoter and said what about this stuff yeah and so he introduced me uh to a few of the wrestlers and i worked out with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little Brook probably did me more good than anybody. I mean, because number one, he had a, a midget ring set up in his garage. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's where he, he trained his midgets. And so uh, that was, and and Friday, you know, in the local hometown, say Joe, mm-hmm. that was when the matches were. And I used to, go down there early and find out if anybody worked out with me before, you know, the matches. And that's where I uh, I got a lot of training from Harley. Yeah. Well, again, like I say, I I learned actually more from the, uh, from Littlebrook and uh, the, uh, the midgets, all of them. Yeah. But uh, also the, I worked out with a woman a lot because Kay Noble, was her name? She was always training new girls mm-hmm. because she uh, she wouldn't work for Moolah, and she she worked. She still, you know, she got a lot of work. Yeah. Even without that. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. That's just part of uh, part of the thing. Yeah. Uh, so after you got trained in uh, in St. Joe, uh, did you go? Right to the Pacific Northwest because I, I read well, a lot about no, you in the Pacific uh, Northwest. No, they, I went to Florida. Florida was my uh, okay. my first territory that I worked. Okay. And uh, you know, you back then you did all the learning and what it takes. You you looked at the lights okay. a hell of a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's that much different now, but. Anyway, yeah, that's where you you know you had the journeyman for a couple of years, and then finally you get a break. Yeah, is that when you went to the Pacific Northwest after that? Uh, no, actually, I got a little break in the Carolinas early. Okay, 
Uh, I don't think it was anything to do with my ability. I think it was uh, the fact that Gus Karras had made a guy by the name of Rip Hawk mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit of money when he was working the, the Midwest. I was no longer a bottom man. I was a middle man. I, I beat I beat up the jobbers, and then the big boys beat beat me up. <laughs> and so that was that was somewhat of a, a a break, I suppose you'd call it. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't looking at the lights every night. <laughs> probably probably two out of three. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, a little bit about your travel experiences. I, I'm sure you rode in the car quite a bit during those days. Oh, yes. Um, what was uh, – when I've interviewed other people uh, on here, they always – they usually talk about how much they learned on the road from those more experienced guys, just talking to them and absorbing that knowledge. Was that kind of similar with you? Oh, yeah. Oh, you bet. I mean, that, you got long trips. 250, 300 miles, 400 miles. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to have something to talk to. And I I, uh, I really appreciated the old guys. And one of the uh, and I can't remember the guy's name again. I'm I'm lost. <laughs> I think it was I think his name was Man Mountain Mike. Okay. Now Man Mountain Mike was a, a tremendously big fat guy, <laughs> and. Uh, nobody wanted him in their car yeah. because he was big and shitty during your seat. So uh, down in Florida, they to make sure that no baby faces or heels rode together. The office assigned your uh, your ride for you. Okay. So if you were going to Miami uh, from Tampa, they assigned you somebody to ride with, and that is who you'd better ride with. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, there was hell to pay. Yeah. They they better not catch you riding, you know, the baby faces of the heels riding together. Yeah. But uh anyway, I I he he uh Man Mountain Mike, he he said to me, he said, "Kid, how much are you making now?" And I said, "Oh, 300, 350, good week 500." Mm. He said, well, what does it cost you to live? And I said, ah, I pay all my expenses for probably 150 mm-hmm. You know, the road, the motels that you might incur, I think that was about the average. Yeah. But uh, anyway, he said, uh, well, he said, one day you're going to be making a lot more money. He said, but you need to start saving now. Yeah. And uh, he was about ready to get out of the business. I think he was... In Florida, looking for, I think he had a nine or ten unit apartment building he was looking at buying. Oh, wow. But after that, I never saw the guy again. But I thanked him many times in absentee for his advice. Yeah. That was good advice. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some chemistry with other wrestlers that you either wrestled against or with. Was there anybody in particular you just had that you just knew the chemistry was there? You just had great matches with that person. Oh, that was just a, a lot of guys. I mean, you couldn't you single one one down. It, yeah. The uh, if you talk about tag matches, I think uh, 
a match with uh, the Rockers. Yeah. In uh, in Denver stands out. I mean, it was, you know, and uh, the guy sells and then finally gives the other his partner the odd hand. The the place pops, mm-hmm. and then it immediately after the pop, it just dies. But at at that particular evening, just mm-hmm. the uh, the comeback lasted a good four or five minutes, which is yeah. was phenomenal. I mean, you know those. Young guys had a lot of uh, get up and go, a lot of action, yeah. a lot of charisma, and uh, so that was one match I'll I'll remember in particular. Yeah. Uh, but I I had a lot of uh, a lot of matches with a lot of guys yeah. that, that I that I dealt with because okay. I I really I don't think I had an ego, uh, so it didn't matter to me if I was going over. Yeah. Uh, my opponent got ninety percent of the match. Yeah, and that that seems to be something that's missing today, guys. Yeah, <laughs> they 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 don't realize that there's good and there's evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, to put it bluntly, where would God be without the devil? <laughs> you need an opponent, <laughs> and. For you know you to get sympathy, that opponent's got to do some damage to you. Yeah. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. And the the to me the the art mm. of wrestling has has disappeared. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you see guys that on the opening matches that they try to burn the main event. Back then, you didn't burn the main event. If you burnt the main event. Uh, that you'd be having a talking to. Yeah. Uh, if you ever use somebody else's finish, uh, particularly if they were a big, big star, you might mm-hmm. just consider getting out your, your map <laughs> and start start looking for a new place to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree because <laughs> nowadays, if you watch a show, the first 20 minutes, they're just talking. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was watching, which I very rarely do. I, I caught that new organization that's given McMahon supposedly a run. I don't know if he is or not, but because yeah. I don't follow it that close. But mm-hmm. uh, I seen a, a lot of good stuff, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, there was a high spot that didn't mean diddly squat. Mm-hmm. You, you could see the whole thing set up. It was it was just not good. Yeah, yeah. No, I I hear you. I uh, watched uh, SmackDown the other night, probably the first time in almost probably a year. And it first twenty minutes was all talking, and then five minute match, and then some more talking. Uh, I, I I miss the old days like you, Colonel, where you know they have the match, you do your little two minute interview and yeah. then, you, then you go then you go back to the matches it's not 20 minutes it's two minutes tops you go back to the action so well, I, I just i don't i don't know that fans would sit still anymore for an hour of broadway i mean yeah my god i think the last one and i i did more than my share of our broadways mm-hmm. you know uh 
you know, it's uh, and to do that, you you've got to tell a story, a complete story. Yep. It can't be a a Ric Flair match where you 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 have three twenty minute Broadways. Yeah, it's got to have continuity. Yeah, for the whole match, and I I don't think I've seen that since. Uh, Dory Funk, Harley Race, mm-hmm. uh, Terry Funk, those kind of guys. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not uh, knocking Flair. I mean, it, it's just to, his style was to have three twenty minute Broadways. With, right. So, in other words, he'd establish a body part, the other guy would establish a body part. Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty minutes, come back, blow off. And then start again on a new hold, yeah. established for both people. But yeah, that's just that's just my critique. Yeah, a lot of people might enjoy that. Cause I, but I just don't I just don't know if fans would sit still for an hour Broadway anymore. Maybe um, they would. I don't know. Uh, I, I think people's I think the people's attention span is a lot less now because of how just. The way society is, I mean, they want everything. Yeah. Now, 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 and yeah, now do it, do it in an hour and get out. Yep. yep. Let's go to a movie next. Exactly. Understand. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I was gonna have. Uh, never mind. I okay. lost. <laughs> okay. I lost my train of thought. Too no, no thought. problem. I'll, I'll. I'm gonna move on to the next uh, subject. So you've had quite a few uh, feuds. I mean, I've over the years, I actually uh, went back a ways. Uh, you had feuds with Snuka, Wahoo McDaniel, Sergeant Slaughter, and, and Derek Dukes are the ones that stood out to me. Yeah. Uh, well, you you were only like I said, you were you were from Wisconsin. You said. Yep. So yep. You would have only seen AWA stuff, but right. Uh, the feud with Wahoo was short lived, and yeah. my God, I, I thank God for that. <laughs> uh, he'd he'd have killed me before we ever got started. <laughs> uh, and I don't mean physically; I mean business wise. Yeah, I had one time. I was I was when I was working in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I was the the regional champion, Central States, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So and I'm I've got good heat uh, just by just by wrestling. I was a wrestling heel. So anyway, they get a chance to bring Dick the Bruiser in okay. because they've signed him for St. Louis for I think uh, two or three shows. Mm-hmm. And I, when I say signed, there's no, there was no signatures. It was just, yeah. you agree to show up and and this and that. So anyway, they said, well, we got to add somebody for Dick the Bruiser to wrestle when he comes. Well, Easy Ed, that was what they called me. That, that, was, <laughs> that was not my, uh, that was not my choice of names. But I didn't have one, yeah. so they just gave me one. But anyway, so I, I'm talking to. The Bruiser, before we go on, in a good house, you know. And Pat O'Connor was there. He was the would-be booker. Yeah. And uh, so 
bruiser starts, well, uh, I haven't been here in a while. Uh, I probably better take the first fall pretty quick. I said, okay. He said, how are you going to take the second fall? And I said, well, you grab, you know, make a little comeback, grab a headlock. I'll side suplex you, come off the top rope. How are you going to soften me up, kid? <laughs> well, I'm going to side suplex you, come off the top rope. Uh, you got to have a gimmick. I said, I've never used a gimmick, and I really don't want to. Yeah. Well, you got to have a gimmick, kid. So I thought, so Connor nods at me like, get a gimmick, let's satisfy the guy. So I wrap a popsicle stick up in tape and put it in my tights. So anyway, he takes the first fall, so on and so forth. The story's going. So going in the second fall, he he said, get the gimmick, kid. So I reached down in my tights, and I get it, and I hit him with a gimmick. And I thought he'd do the crappie, be laying on the be laying on the deck. I look around, and he's just holding his throat. Get the gimmick, kid. So I had to hit him three or four times with the gimmick. And finally he went down, and I was able to beat him. But it killed me in Kansas City. And I was, I was telling Jack Briscoe, I said, you know, I said, the bruiser killed me. Stone cold dead in Kansas City. And he said, hell, he said he did the same thing to me in St. Louis. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, well, he just it was, he just didn't sell. That might have gone along in the AWA. I, I can't yeah. imagine with, with Ganya. But I guess he drew money for him, so it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. He used to be a big – I remember – I mean – I kind of remember him in the in the seventies. I mean, I was a little kid, uh, but uh, he. Uh, <clears throat> that's interesting you say that. That's a. You're not the first person that said that, so I. I kind of. Yeah, I, no, I mean, if you're if you're uh, a wrestling type, it, it don't do you any good. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your bet. Your. The feuds we were talking about, what was probably your best feud? I mean, you, like I said, I mean, when I saw you as Colonel DeBeers in the AWA, you had Snuka, Slaughter, Dukes. I mean, I know you drew guys drew a lot of heat with Derek Dukes. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, you know, working with Dukes was a lot of fun. Do you, do you remember what happened to him after his wrestling career? No, I don't, no. Oh, it was... Apparently he went into boxing, ah. so he's he's doing his uh, doing his first match, and the guy hits him and he takes a big wrestling bump. Oh, and needless to say, the boxing commission came down on him and he lost. Oh he, no! Well, because it was it was fixed, but he. He just, somebody didn't tell him, don't take an exaggerated wrestling bump. Well, live and learn, right? Yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> All right. Uh, somebody was interviewing me, and <laughs> I can't remember who the guy was, and I let him along. Like, I was this big racist, you know, that yeah. really I hated blacks or anybody off color, and Mm-hmm. So I had him going for about 20 minutes. And finally, he was ranting and raving about, oh, that's pretty, oh, yeah, yeah. 
I said, yeah, but I made him money. Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so, yeah, you did. Yeah. You, it's funny because uh, nowadays, oh, my gosh, Colonel, it would, yeah, you'd be tarred and feathered and, and, and labeled and, yeah, with all the social media platforms now, I mean, I would, yeah, yeah, it would, you got a lot of heat then, you'd get really a lot of heat now. I don't, I don't, you know, it's, uh, I don't really think that the average fan understood the gimmick, to, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, I'd hit the ring and they'd be chanting USA, USA, USA. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. For Christ's sake, I'm a South African mercenary. <laughs> we're both South Africa and, you know, the U.S. were fighting communism. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Yeah. Neither here nor there, but yeah. they didn't, they really didn't get it. Yeah. Mine wasn't the only gimmick. There was, uh, I don't know if you ever remember, uh, oh my God, the names just don't come to me anymore. Uh, oh, well, another story, forget it, it's lost. Okay, no problem. Let's talk about some of your different characters that you, that, you had as a wrestler. You had uh, you had Polish Prince. That was a little bit when you were, I think, getting started, right? Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I don't remember where I did it at, but yeah. Uh, then you had uh, the convict. Yeah, yeah, that was that was just a because I was uh, doing. I was in Europe a lot. And I, I would do uh, nine or ten months in Europe, and then I'd go back, you know, to the Northwest. And yeah. that was during one of those two-month stints. And that was basically to get Kurt Henning over. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a real short, you know, I don't even know. I think maybe I was, I did four or five shows uh, as the convict. But... It was just the whole the whole purpose was to uh, get Kurt Henning over his baby face. Okay, interesting. All right. So, out of all the people that you or characters you portrayed, in my opinion, the Colonel was the best. Was that your most enjoyable uh, character? Most, <laughs> it was. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, I I did one. And I was the Mega Maharishi. Yes. Yes. I and that, one, here. that one was a great deal of fun. And <laughs> it's it's because I, you know, if, do you follow Netflix or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a, uh, a documentary on there called Wild Wild West. Okay. And it was about the Bhagwan Shirajneesh who had settled in a big uh, big ranch in uh, eastern Oregon. Okay. And it was actually the first, they committed the first act of bioterrorism in the, in the country. Oh, wow. Because they were, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. But anyway, I patterned my gimmick after this Bogwan guy. I had a, a red robe. And, of course, this guy, I forget, he had, I think, 
200 and some Rolls Royces that people had bought him. And he would wow. drive a new one every day down through the people and the throngs would. But anyway, I was, my gimmick was to beg for money, you know, to send, <laughs> send money to the, to the Mega Maharishi Foundation. And people would, people would throw money at me. <laughs> and of course, being the cheap bastard that I was, I'd pick it up or I'd have Sandy Barr. Sandy Barr pick it up and give it to me. But uh anyway, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Along with along with that I I learned a trick in uh while I was wrestling in Europe mm-hmm. where you uh we were there for three months during the summer. Mm-hmm. And during that time there was an OPEC meeting at the Hotel Interconti, which was right next door to the, uh, the uh, like an open air stadium during the summertime. But anyway, so these uh, these sheets came over and started watching the wrestling. Well, we hooked them up with this thing just for them, so we managed to manipulate close to four thousand bucks. Out of these, uh, out of these guys, <laughs> you know, because it was what yeah. they wanted to see, and I, I think my opponent, which maybe he'd be, be the only person I ever say anything bad about that I, I wrestled, and that was uh, big, fat Otto Vance. Yeah, so big, yeah, big fat lazy slob, <laughs> and I don't give a shit if he's dead or not. He was a real piece of shit. He, uh, you know, when I I spent when I was in Europe because he was he he basically just worked his own territory and a few other yeah. ones. Yeah. Uh, but, so he didn't work in with the same group I did, and then their star was getting too old, so they they brought him in, and I was over as a as a big cowboy heel, mm-hmm. and so I knew you know I had to put the guy over. Yeah, and that that was fine. I did it for one whole year, making him look good. Yeah. So now we're in the second year, and he's thinking I'm going to fucking lay down for him again. <laughs> so when I would, when when I would start to heal on him, he'd back into a corner, and all he would give me was that big, broad, fat back of his to beat on, <laughs> and I couldn't do any damage there. And then he'd come roaring out. You know, making a comeback. I'd just fucking bail out of the ring. Not time. <laughs> Not time. Yeah. He, time the time the fifth round came. He was so fucking mad. Excuse my language. That he wouldn't even make a comeback when, <laughs> when it was right. All he did was go in and complain to the office that I wasn't cooperating. And yeah. So, but anyway. Yeah. He, but that was just he, he was yeah, never mind. Yeah, I, I don't okay. start my day out negatively. Okay, no problem. We'll we'll move on. Uh, so you did some big card events too with with the AWA that I I, I saw uh, Russell Rock, uh, the Super Clashes, yeah, and, the, and and of course that famous Team Challenge series. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah, so talk about those a little bit. What was those like for you? I mean, those were like some pay-per-views and some big, big, big deals I, to burn. I would, I would call that grasping at straws. Yeah. They they were trying anything and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, was, the, uh, you remember the uh, the match I had with, uh, oh, God, the little guy from Milwaukee, uh Jake the Milkman Milliman. Milliman, yes, yes, yes. The, the, turkey, yeah. the turkey on the pole match. Yeah, yes, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they were they were grasping at straws and trying yeah. anything. Yeah, I'll tell you, I thought out of those well, I mentioned, I thought uh, Super Clash 3, I mean, I know there's a lot of with the different promoters and stuff, but actually I thought the matches were – were great. I mean, for to me. Yeah, I was that. I I'm I'm trying to think. That was the one that was in Chicago, right? Yeah, that was in Chicago. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the one that uh, they they worked Vern Gagne on. Mm-hmm. Remember, supposed yeah. to the main event was supposed to be uh, the guy pulled his foot off and yeah. Lawler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that was. But they had already run the match. Yeah, they had already run the match all over Tennessee and all over Texas. So who in the who in the fuck? Where, where's the buy rate? Yeah, yeah. They exactly. so. I I don't think I ever got to tell you the truth. I don't think I ever got paid. Oh no! No, I'm serious. I, I no, I believe you because they, they, Lawler talks about how he never got paid for that either. Yeah. So I, I uh, that was one one of the top supposed promoters doesn't pay you. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's not good. So, all right. So promotions, you work for quite a few. Uh, you work now. I also read that you worked in the WWF a little bit in 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 '83 with with Fred Blasty. Yeah. Was that under? Vince Senior, I'm assuming still. Yeah, that's the that was the old man. Okay. Is, I did. I don't know. Uh, I don't. That didn't last very long. I don't think Blassie liked me, and it didn't didn't really matter to me. I didn't want to. I didn't want a manager anyway. Yeah. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. They, well, uh, the UWF was an interesting. Yes, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I, I'm, well, I'm not bitter. What's his name? But uh, Herb Abrams. Who I, who I am bitter at is some asshole had uh, contacted me in regards to a book yeah. that he was going to write on the UWF, and I, I, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, telling my story, and then the. The guy just didn't do shit with it, so I. Yeah. And then I think uh, Dark Side of the Ring did a a thing on it which I watched, which I don't know. It was it was really I don't know. To me, what happened was that Herb Abrams was a freak for anybody that worked for the WWE. He yeah. was out to. He was going to be the giant killer. He was going to kill McMahon Jr. And, you know, he hired a bunch of us uh, people that, you know, were 
no longer working. Yeah. But anyway, when the WWE started cutting a lot of guys, then he hired them, mm-hmm. and they started taking over. But that was it was a it was a real mess. The, there wasn't a real Booker. There wasn't a real finish. Mm-hmm. It's like the, for no reason they threw me with Orndorff. Mm. In some in some match, there was no build up to it or anything else. Yeah. They just threw it in there, and I think it was in Bradenton, Florida, I believe, his pay per view. And oh my God, they the a match, an early match. It was the uh, hell. I think oh, it was the brother of uh, one of the Road Warriors. Okay, and. Uh, John Yeah. 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 The, anyway, I forget what he what his name was back then, but him and another guy that's that's dead now that was got all goofy. I think he overdosed, but he had some brain damage and yeah. Gordy. Gordy. Terry Gordy. Terry. Oh, Gordy. Terry Gordy. Yeah. 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 They had. So, because the matches, you know, nobody had anything to say about it. They just let guys go in the ring and do everything. Well, hell, these guys fought all over the building, <laughs> and the television cameras followed them. Yeah. So, then everybody's match after that was shortened up. Wow. Yeah. And when I went to go in the ring with Orndorff, they said, five, six minutes, five, six minutes, no more. We got we to gotta cut. <laughs> And what 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 transpired was probably the worst match I'd ever had in, <laughs> since I was, you know, a, a green guy. Yeah. It was warm. But anyway. Yeah. So I, I, still, I, still got, I still got paid. Well, there you go. That's what really counts, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So out of the promotions that you worked for, territories, what was your – where did you like working the best? Ah, I like I like working in Europe. Okay. Uh, just simply because everything was fifteen days to ninety days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were in the same place, the same venue, mm-hmm. and it was great. No travel. I mean, you were able to get to the gym and work out as much. Well, in fact, I I got up to 285 pounds just oh, wow. by eating good and, you know, not having to long trips or anything like that. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, I, I enjoyed it. And I also enjoyed Australia, mm-hmm. even though there was a great deal of travel there. Yeah. But. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I also read that you were uh, – an Al- a Cauliflower Alley Club men's honoree in 2004 with uh, with Buddy Rose. Is that mm-hmm. – did, did you go to that? Uh, I mean, were you there? Oh, yeah. What was, well, that, was, was that pretty neat? Was that pretty exciting for you? Uh, yeah, I, it was a work. It was okay. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, they the club membership, I think, was declining. And yeah. So – I, you know, they they called me up and said, uh, 
yeah, we'd like to honor you. And I said, well, thank you very much. And they said, but you got to join. <laughs> <laughs> so so I joined, and I, I was yeah. a member for a few years. Yeah, yeah. When I, I think what kind of soured me was that uh, there was somebody that was down, down and out. Mm-hmm. I think I, I won't go into it because I think they're still alive and I don't want to embarrass them. But anyway, okay. it was somebody and I, the club wouldn't help them out. Well, they're working and not in in wrestling, but mm-hmm. I said, yeah, but that doesn't mean they don't have financial problems. But right. anyway, yeah. they they didn't they didn't help and I said, That's bullshit. This is that's what it's for to help yeah. guys that are down and out. And I, I just never uh, never gave me my twenty five bucks. Okay. <laughs> I, I went I went one more time but I didn't yeah. I didn't uh grace him at the dinner or anything like that. I just yeah, it was on the fringes. Yeah, anyway, gotcha. All right, so difference now between and we kind of talked about this a little bit, but pro wrestling when you started and and now, I mean, you talked about it a little bit, but uh, what what do you think is the big difference of when you were in the ring? And on TV and everything versus today, when, when you have watched it today. Okay. The big difference is everybody is scripted. Yeah. They've got writers for their matches. And and I, I, I really don't see how that can work out. But, I mean, you, you, I don't know. Yeah. So people, when, uh, when I worked, mm-hmm. it was... You feel the crowd. What are they buying? Yeah, and and you learn to feel the crowd and and give them. I mean, you can start down a path. Mm-hmm. And I noticed near the end of my career that you just you had to be adaptable. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's everybody's smart. Uh, are they buying wrestling? No. Are they buying eye spots? No. Well, then they'll buy comedy. So that was near the end, and so you did what you had to do to yeah. entertain the people. I had an incident that I, <laughs> I'd forgotten about, and uh, Raven reminded me the last time I saw him mm-hmm. was, a, was a match in Oregon, and I was I, I had to work with this green guy. I mean, he was big, muscular guy, but he was from Alaska, and he didn't he didn't know diddly shit. Yeah. So I did everything I could. So before I got in the ring with him, I, I just grabbed a book. And I think we were in a school or something, and I grabbed a, a book, and it didn't have much of a cover on it. And so when I went in the ring with him, I just told him to do this. And then I'd go back, and I'd look up in my book how to counter it. And, you know, and I did that for a good 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, just going back and reading up. Supposedly, but he thought that was that was amazing. Yeah. Huh. When I look back on it, it was by God amazing that I'd come <laughs> up with that. Yeah, yeah, that is. Okay, well, 
One more question, then we'll get off here with you. What are you doing now, sir? What are what's you got any projects that you're doing, or just no, no, just sitting on my ass. I, I, uh, this new thing came out. I don't know what it's all about. Uh, Gagne had called me, and some about they're going to market old wrestlers, dead ones, and everything else. Yes, yes, he's talked to me and, about that. Yeah. So I don't know where it's at since I signed the contract. I haven't heard anything. So I don't know yeah. what's... Well, I can tell you real quick. I just talked to him a couple of weeks ago, Greg, and uh, they got the first batch coming out here soon, and then they're going to start releasing the series. So you'll probably hear something pretty soon from him about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't... Other than what I just read so far, that's, that's all I know. Okay, well... So I'll, I'll just be patient. I don't... Yeah. If if something drops from heaven, then that's a good deal. There you go. Well, Colonel De Beers, sir, thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, you know, I I know you guys. You want me to get on and knocking people and things like that. No. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna do that. I I've only no. got one evil person, and that's that fat bastard from Austria. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't do that. I try to be positive. Um, well, it's not. It's not that. It's just. Yeah. Sure, you got, but they, you got people that you may not like, and everything mm-hmm. else. It's a business, so right. You do your your. I mean, I I have good matches with guys I didn't get along with. Right. Because it, it's a it's just a business, and it's right. a live and let live business. Yeah. Although now it's. You know the the person that predicted the way this was going to end up, mm-hmm. and he did so many many times, mm-hmm. uh, was Jack Briscoe. Oh really? And yeah, I remember one time, and I this stands out in my mind because he he was the champion at the time, and I had to do an hour with him, and he was he was saying, "Hey man, I'm I've done hours, I'm going on, you know." three weeks of straight hours, and is there any other way I can get a rest? And, of course, Pat O'Connor said, ah, I want an hour Broadway. And yeah. But anyway, we had an hour, and it was, it was a good match. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, he said, you know, he said, this business is changing, and it's changing very quickly. Mm-hmm. And he said, before long, he said, we're going to be like Mexican Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. And I thought, ah, it'll never happen, you know. Yeah. It sure as hell did. Yeah, he was right. And now it's, what's a long match now, 10 minutes? I would say the longest probably is 10 to 15 minutes max. Um, it's it's yeah. not, and that's because, like like we talked about, it's just people's attention span. If you're... And they run out of moves. I mean, because you know it's it's scripted, like you said earlier. Yeah. They don't they don't they don't do that like you guys used to do in the ring, where you go with what the crowds do it, what the crowd, how the crowd is. You're feeding off the crowd, and That's, they don't they, they don't do that. No, no, it's because they're scripted, and they yeah. they this move's got to follow that move, even mm-hmm. if it don't mean shit. Yeah. Uh, it's it's got to mean something. I mean, I can remember guys like Johnny Valentine. Mm-hmm. If they scratched their ass during a match, it meant something. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they were uh, just that. Hell, I I seen Valentine one time have a 
a 10-minute match with some uh, black guy in St. Louis setting up in the, the upper deck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just looking at him and, yeah. and biting him in the ring and people going nuts. You know, the guy was the the guy was a show. Yeah, right. So those those days are gone. You yeah. you put one of those guys yeah. to try to entertain on their own without yeah. being scared. I don't know. I don't know if they could do it. Maybe they yeah. could. Maybe they well, could. I think it'd be a lot anyway, tougher. It's a lot. If it's you want if you want to call it quits, I can talk all day. But <laughs> anyway, no, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be critical. I guess they're making money. Yeah, and uh, a damn sight more than I made in my day. So, more power to them. There you go. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty beat up. Yeah, and I just can't imagine what their bodies are going to look like when they're they're my age, assuming they get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's a lot different, and uh, yeah, it, it, and. Uh, it's got its good points and bad points, like anything else, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, I just enjoy uh, talking to uh, gentlemen and ladies like, uh, like yourselves that really paved the way for these wrestlers of today. You guys were the trailblazers. They paved the way. You you did a lot of the hard work uh, for these guys that are around today. And, and I appreciate it. And I want to tell you that. So, and, yeah. Well, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't even know what they're doing now to teach these guys. Yeah. Though I did see on that new one that Tully Blanchard, I think he had, Tully had a lot to do with the fact that they, at least during the first three or four minutes, they had developed a story. Right. But then again, it was blown with a big high spot and that would, that, that would have and should have been a finish. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. All right. Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Colonel De Beers, thank you for coming on today, sir. I sure do appreciate it. Okay. No problem. And, uh, folks, Thanks for listening, and uh, subscribe if you haven't, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, this is the Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the Amazing Velvet as well as Dr. John, as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it will take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of pro wrestling interviews. That's Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, Pro Wrestling Interviews. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In the Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests. 
like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Nick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOC Nation. Bill After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Still after, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was uh, uh, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did you have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 
9 Eastern on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. 